This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Afternoons on Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Afternoons with Helen Farmer podcast. I'm Poonam Verma. Today, we're delving in deep into your subconscious and finding out what your dreams mean with our dream doctor, Dr. Jana. Also, Wonder with Nada has been wandering around the town and she's got some great places that we should visit, especially during this holiday season. And are you a budding entrepreneur? Well, one lady is here to help you. She's going to give you some top tips where to start. Now, we're going to delve deep into your subconscious mind. Now, all of us dream in some capacity, but some may not remember them, whilst others remember each and every detail. But do they actually have some significance? I know for a fact that one month I actually had four dreams about four friends and every single one of them came true. And honestly, it scared the living daylights out of me. But what exactly is a dream? Is it our imagination, our subconscious, or are we just flying off to another level of reality like some people do say? Well, we're going to ask the dream doctor herself, Dr. Jana Sharaf Khalifa from the House of Wisdom Center is with us, and she's here to analyze all your dreams. Dr. Jana, how are you doing today? I am very good. We finished celebrating Christmas, so the rush for the Christmas holidays and the presents and the lights has started to subside, so I'm feeling very good now. <laughs> yeah, you know they call this Twixmas. This is a new term. It's the time between uh, Christmas and New Year's. Have you heard wow, of okay, the term? I didn't know this term before. Yeah, neither did no, I. Apparently, no. it's a new term. So, um, happy <laughs> Twixmas. That's all I want to say to you. So, um, let's just basically go back to the basics. What exactly, in simple terms, is a dream? How can it be defined? A dream is, in its simple form, a vision or a picture or a movie of what is going on in your subconscious mind. Mm. That's number one. That's one type of a dream. The other type of a dream is, yes, as you said, you do go to another reality in which you see beyond time and space. Mm. You connect to something that's deeper, that is more fulfilling, something that is a unique message to you. So it's your soul's message to you. That's the second type of dream. And the third type of dream is a message for other people that's coming through you because the person himself cannot receive the message because of the Christmas holidays, the distractions and the lights and the purchases. They're so distracted in the world, they forget to connect to their soul and to their deeper meaning. So the message comes to you for them. Yes, yeah, psychiatrist Carl Jung, he actually said that dreams do not disguise or distort nor deceive or lie, but present the unvarnished truth about the individual. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> there's yes. a lot going and on in our show, psyche. Yes, and there's one thing, you know, and I really want to put forward this to the listeners. Please understand your dreams and the, the, the culture that we've grown up of. Only certain people can interpret dreams. And, you know, dreams are, you know, so complicated. That's not actually true. Dreams are so simple. And there's such an honest and direct message that even if you sit with yourself and just question your dream and look at it as a movie, even you can be your own dream interpreter. You don't need anyone external to really guide you to your inner wisdom, if, mm. if that makes sense. So I want to ask you something that happened to me spontaneously three times. Um, and I was speaking to somebody the other day, and it's happened to them too. Um, and I want you to define it to the audience and then tell me why you think it happened. And it's called an astral projection. And three times it happened to me extremely spontaneously and it freaked me out. What exactly is that? All right. So I'm going to explain it first simply, but I think it's worth to understand what is going on globally in the consciousness of people. Mm. But first of all, simply, when our we are extremely powerful human beings, right? And I want you to understand that each person's soul has enough electricity, measurable electricity, to light up every single light bulb in the world. Can you imagine how powerful your soul is? That's the strength of your heart. That's the strength of your brain. That's the strength of your soul. And an astral projection is when you actually can expand through beyond your physical uh, body. 
that's what the natural protection is. You you experience that because you have an excess of energy, and mm. suddenly your energy expands outside of its body. Wow! And and the, this is something that is becoming more and more common as we have more access to wisdom, as we have more access to information. The more that we are connected to our soul deeply, not not through oh a set of you know uh, tools or religions or rituals. No, when we truly connect to the creation that we are, we enable ourselves to go beyond our body to experience something that is beyond ourselves. And these phenomenons are barely spoken about in ancient traditions, in quantum physics. And it's only now that humans are beginning to be like, oh, well, actually, it's happening to me. And I'm not that spiritual or I'm not that religious or I'm not that pious. But in reality, you are able to experience those things because there is no set rule for the experience of those things. Yeah, it was a very bizarre experience. One was when I was driving in a car on Shakeside Road and I left my body. And the other one was in a German market in Germany and I was above the German market like 100 feet up and it was like, what is going on right now? Anyway, we're going to go to the text line and if you guys want to get your dreams analysed, you can text uh, Dr. Jonna, uh, text us and we'll ask her on 4001. Um, now, I have one. I have a friend who sent me, she explained to me, about um, a dream that she had. She's a lovely lady, a lovely woman. She invited us all over for Christmas. I'm going to call her Mia because she doesn't want her real name mentioned because she's embarrassed. And I said to her, does anybody on the table, does anybody have dreams that we want to share for Dr. Jonna? And she said, I have one. And she said, um, and bear in mind, she just invited a whole bunch of people for Christmas Day. And she said, in my dream, um, I bring people into my house, I chop them up, and I bury them. But she said she did feel guilty when she did it and when she woke up. So that's good to know she has emotions and conscience. Uh, what I want to know, what I want to know is what does that mean? And next time she invites me, should I say no? <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't have to say no. Actually, she does have a very high conscience and she's aware of something that is very deep. When we, so the, the dream is very simple. It's telling her that she's making, a, she's making an effort, right? She's making an effort to serve and, you know, to, to welcome everybody for Christmas. The reason why she's chopping them up is she is limiting the, she is limiting the, so for example, if someone invites you for Christmas, mm. you know, they don't give you the opportunity to share in Christmas, right? They're taking the whole burden of the food, of the decoration, of everything. Totally. And that and is she, what the dream is telling yeah, and you. She's an amazing host. Like she did everything from scratch. Exactly. So what the dream is telling her is don't chop people up. Don't limit them. Don't kill them. Give them the opportunity to share with you. And this is something that we should all be mindful of. If anyone offers to make a dish for Christmas yeah. or help with the deco or anything, don't limit your guests. Don't chop them up. Give them the opportunity to share with you. And that could also be a message in life. You know, when you're at work or when you are with your family, allow your kids to do what they need to do. Allow your guests to do what they need to do. And give them the opportunity as well to share yeah. in the Christmas spirit or in the business spirit or in the family. So don't take the burden all on your own shoulders. Just share it out and people will be happy to help. Yes. Because okay. the chopping in this dream means you're simply killing their potential. That's oh, it. Wow. It's a simple dream. Interesting. I know she's listening, so let's see see what she comes back with. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Afternoons on Dubai Eye 103.8. We're chatting to Dr. Jana. She's the dream doctor from the House of Wisdom Center, and she's analyzing all your dreams. So, Dr. Jana, Lena has sent a text saying, sometimes I dream in black and white, then sometimes it's in color. And why is that? All right. So, I don't know. Hi, Lena. I don't know if you've heard of something known as the chakras. Yes. So, the chakras are centers of consciousness within your body. And that comes from Buddhism, from yoga, from the Hindus. And also, there's a similar system within the Abrahamic tradition, which is called Lata'if or Sefirot. Now, just for you to know, each one of those chakra systems or centers of consciousness has an emanation of a certain color. And that's why when that 
energy is is being activated, you dream in that color. And I will give you examples. Mm. Red is the color of desire. It's the burning. It's the lowest manifestation of the dream. So if you're dreaming something and it has a lot of red in it, it means that it's something that you want. The message is something that you want, something that your psyche wants. It's a, it's a healing that you need or it's a deep desire that you have. For example, when you're dreaming in uh, in color that has to do with blue, it means sickness, it means your thyroid, it means the uh, inability to express yourself. Purple is spirituality. Pink and green, you are receiving healing. And obviously the yellow and the orange, as a majority of color, those have to do with your basic needs. When you're dreaming in black and white, that means that it's a clear message. It's You remember we said that there are um, dreams that come from your own body, your own subconscious. Mm -hmm. Those are usually in color. And the ones that are in black and white are messages for you. So they are more spiritual. They They have a deeper meaning and they are there to help you in your life. And that's why they're in black and white. They're simple. They, you know, they show you things as they are. I don't have any dreams that really stand out when it comes to color. It seems very neutral. So does that mean my chakras are just very neutral? <laughs> no. It, when, whatever you dream vividly in color, that means that these are the centers of consciousness that are being activated. But usually that is in the dream. If you dream, you dream in how it is in reality, mm. not so yeah. much in... Um, yeah, you feel like, okay, you don't notice the color. Let's yeah. put it that way. It's there, but you don't notice it. Okay. So um, Gia's text in saying, for one year when she wasn't happy in her job, she kept dreaming of people around her jumping from a very high place and landing next to her. Tom Cruise was one of them in her dream. And she had this dream for one year every single week. The moment she left that job, the dream stopped. So her analysis so- is that, she just needed to take the leap. Yes, absolutely. She needed to take the leap. You're absolutely right. And not only this, it actually showed her that she has a huge potential and that, you know, people like Tom Cruise are just coming to her level, meaning that she's realized that her potential is much higher, but she's sitting at a low end of the, the job description or the spectrum or the paycheck or whatever. Yeah. So yes, absolutely. And, it's so, guys, again, you know, I mean, the economy in the world is beginning to boom again in certain places and in other places it's struggling. Guys, I want to tell you something. Please follow your dreams because sometimes that is the message for your next level. That is the message for, that is the message for your next level. That's the message for your potential. And this is where you can get your next paycheck from. And it goes back to, for example, the inventor of, you know, the sewing machine. It goes back to, you know, the person who wrote Harry Potter, to the person who wrote Twilight. All of these came through dreams. Mm, It's true. Okay, so Flash has said, I love that name, I speak in Arabic and I only started learning basic English once I got into my teens. And when I was just learning basic English, my dreams, even though he wasn't fluent in English, were in English. So if people are bilingual, can they dream in different languages or is it usually the first language that they learn? So... That's very interesting, by the way, because usually, yes, that's actually very interesting, Sasha, because usually we dream in our mother tongue yeah. or again, just like in colors, you don't notice the language. It's familiar to you. Mm. But if you are learning a language and you start to dream in it, my guess would be, again, is that you are not deeply asleep and that it's your mind running in what is known as REM mode, which means that it's not deeply asleep and it's rewinding and replicating its day. It's trying, when you're stressed, you try to, you know, uh, rewind the events. You're looking forward to them and you're just playing them over and over in your mind. And I think that's probably where it's coming from. Well, he was doing English classes and that can be quite stressful if it's not your first language. This is Afternoons on Dubai Eye 103.8. The UAE's number one talk radio station. Right now, we're talking to our dream doctor, Dr. Jana. She is analysing all your dreams. If you want yours done, text us now on 4001. (laughs) 
So we have a text from Paula, which is quite interesting. She said, I've had this dream since I was 16, Dr. Jana, and it continues till now, and I am 46. I'm standing in a dark pitch black room. I have no shoes on, and I'm wearing a knee-length flowing white dress with little red flowers all over, and I feel very content. Then a stage light appears, the stage curtains are drawn, and it all feels very familiar. Suddenly... The sun appears and a man also appears on the stage. Now, what I recognize from this man is he's a soldier from World War I. His uniform is olive green with red shoulder patches. He's young, black hair and a chiseled jawline. And I keep saying to him, if you say this prayer, you will go back to sleep. And then I wake up. And this has been happening, she says, since she was 16 and she's now 46. That's a very detailed dream. That's a very detailed dream, and that's a very powerful dream. Um, so this is a message dream, what is known as a message dream. And she's experiencing an alternate reality. And I don't know what the situation is, if she's married or etc. But this is, we, are, we have soulmates, right? And what is a soulmate, or some people label it as a twin flame? We come, our soul gets split into half. And there is the opposition of us. There is the, the other half of us, or the person that completes us. She's wearing the, the white dress, and she's standing in, in the back, all of which represent the woman. And he's the sun, or comes through the sun, and that's also representative of the masculine. His masculine energy is one of sharing. It's like the sun. The moon is the woman's energy, which is more of a receiver. And she's basically dreaming her connection to her soulmate. And whether this person is actively physically in her life or not, I wouldn't know. But one of the the things that she can do is to actually ask the next time she has this dream, if she's able to, to really figure out who is this person now in her real life. Yeah. Right? Who is this fighter right now in her real life? But the dream has so much meaning, starting from her dress to the desire, perhaps that she is also looking for someone. The, the fact that, she's, that she has red flowers on it, I would also guess yeah. that she's in a state of desiring love or a desire of a relationship. And even the, uh, and she, even remembers green. The, she even remembers the chiseled jaw on this man, you know? I don't remember things like that. Yeah. It's, well, she's had it repetitively for 30 years. Mm. So, so, yes, so, so it's a very powerful dream. But I would then question or begin to see where is this man actively right now. But this is purely a soulmate dream. You're dreaming the other half of you and or twin flame, you know, depending on what school of thought you come from. But try to connect to that energy. And only when you stop dreaming this person, it means that you have <coughs> actively found that person in your life now so, and I want you to just keep that in mind okay so so that is a very powerful dream but there's something I wanted to touch on which you, which you bring up which I which fascinates me what is the difference because I hear there's a difference between a soulmate and a twin flame okay so it's a difference of terminology but a soul so and again it's it's gotten confused in translation but there is a theory, not a theory, a spiritual principle that exists in the Quran, that exists in every school of thought, that we are one soul prior to entering this physical reality, mm. and we get split into two halves, and throughout lifetimes or one lifetime, depending on what you believe in, these two halves want to find each other, and they can potentially marry, and the most powerful union between them is when they marry or when they merge ideas or when they merge businesses. And this is the most powerful connection that can ever exist between any two people. And this is what we call soulmates. But twin flames, twin flames I hear, are quite turbulent. Yes. Twin flames are, and I, and I would like to, to say that, it's two people 
that have wisdom, that have light, that have a flame within them. And when they come together, they create a dynamic for each other. Mm. And if a person is not very aware or is not very conscious, it can be turbulent, it can be painful, but it is a very awakening experience that connects you closer to your deeper self or to the creator or to the divine. Because and that's why they're called d- Don't twin flames, flames trigger each other more? Twin flames trigger each other more. Twin flames bring the best and the worst out in each other. Uh, twin flames can potentially burn each other out. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's a multiple dynamic there. But they are not the other half of your soul. And that's something oh. that, you know, right? Twin flames, sometimes many people refer to them differently. But again, it's only a translation. You need to understand that there is another half to your soul roaming this world and it's beautiful if you find them it's a beautiful connection a realization a connectedness and there's the twin flame which are multiple people or multiple soul groups that you feel connected to but it could be beautiful and growing and sometimes it is not and that sometimes is determined by your level of consciousness. Uh, you see, I thought it was the other way around. I thought there's plenty of soulmates, but there's only one twin flame. You're saying the opposite. Yes. So again, it's it's a question of terminology. terminology. So many times, it's, yes, it's just, so you just have to understand the principle. It doesn't matter because in in the East, right, in, in the Eastern tradition, they use, or it's been translated through through text that it's twin flames. Mm. While if you are more c- concerned with like the West and like the Middle East, it's more referred to as the soulmate. So right? let's let's say let's say you're saying the soulmate is there's only one person. If let's say you spend your life, maybe you're married to somebody else, and you don't actually meet your proper soulmate, will you also always feel that slight absence? Will you feel it? Yes. Wow. Yes. So that's when people and think. That is sometimes. Hmm. Yeah, and that is sometimes why, you know, you're happy, you've got food, you've got an amazing job, and then you suddenly, when things quiet around you, you feel like there's something missing. Mm. It's like it's, it's as if there's this emptiness. And that emptiness, some people, you know, say, okay, that's, you know, uh, some sadness that you're not aware of. Actually, it's not true. It's that missing other half that that you're still in need to search for um, and then, that completes you. And then if you look at all this, you know, the movie saying, oh, you'll meet your soulmate, um, some people just won't, you know, they, they won't. So is there a reason in this lifetime that they won't? It's just like a soul contract that they're not going to meet this time? Uh, no, it's not a soul contract. <laughs> it's, it's distractions. It's distractions. You know, you socially, oh, I can't marry this person because he doesn't have enough money. Oh, no, I don't like him. because We don't see truth, Punam. We don't see the truth of our soul. Mm. So by this, we're unable to see truly who our soulmate is. If we remove all the social constructs and we remove all the social expectations and all the biological clocks and all the fears and everything, you will be able to spot your soulmate like this. Yeah, no, I get, I get that. I think, and it's all about once you're connected to yourself on a very emotional, mental, spiritual level, energetically, you'll be able to realize who needs to be in your life too. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. We've got another text. I love that conversation. I can go on forever. Okay. Uh, we have another text uh, from Laura, which is interesting. We're talking about animals. I once dreamed I opened my front door and thousands of flamingos were queuing to enter. Ever since... That dream happened, which was nearly 40 years ago. Whenever I see a picture of a flamingo, I feel the same thrill of joy I did in the dream. I still have no idea what it means. Well, flamingos are kind of a positive healing animal. They bring joy, they bring happiness, and they bring healing. The reason why flamingos bring about healing to our psyche is because they're pink, so they come from our heart. It's kind of the the love chakra going back again. And they're kind of this almost fictional animal. I mean, I know they exist, but there's only a few people that have actually seen flamingos in real life. So they're almost this, you know, um, fictional animal that makes you happy and joyous. And yes, it is. It means it's an opening of the heart or something that in your heart opens up. And 
yeah, it's it's probably also an animal that you're connected to on some level that you feel a connection to. Yeah. Okay. Well, Dr. John, we're running out of time. Are you in Dubai right now? Are you somewhere else? No, but I'm in Dubai in January, at the end of January. So, so I are you going to come back best. into the studio this time? Yes, yes, yes. And I'm really looking forward to it. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, we want to have more chats with you. So make sure you let me know when you're here and we will get you in and we'll answer some more questions. Dr. Jana, thank you so much. I wish you a very happy new year. Very happy new year to you and to everyone who's listening. And guys, follow your dreams and have a truly blessed year and have an amazing time in Dubai. Thank you so much, Dr. Janet. (laughs) Miss Wonder with Nada, happy Twixmas. I, I now, heard you say it and I was like, what, what is she saying? I know. I, I didn't even know what it was until a few days ago. But now, now I've said it, you kind of know what it is because you're feeling that Twixmas feel. Explain to me how you're feeling. Oh, absolutely. It is. First of all, I'm still stuffed from Christmas. So I don't think I can see food for the foreseeable future <laughs> uh, up until maybe New Year's Eve. Uh, but yeah, it's just such a weird feeling. Like it's That's slow it. and fast at the same time. That's why they're calling it Twixmas because it actually translates to as in between. They've taken it from another word and it is that feeling like you can't go back, you can't go forward so you're kind of stuck in the middle. Yep, you're, you're in limbo. Like That's it's totally yep. it. Happy limbo. <laughs> okay, so you've been around some amazing places. She always finds the greatest finds. That's the only way I can describe it. Um, but she never calls me in the weekend and says, I'm going here, do you want to come? So can you please do that? Absolutely. No, I'm definitely going to call you for my next adventure. Um, and, this if it, was... and if it's after 5pm, I'm free as well after the show. Oh, yeah, the, absolutely. Weekday. weekday weekend. So let's start with this place, which you've just shown me pictures of, which is incredible. And it's called Aya Universe at Wafi Mall. What is that? Yes. So it is an immersive uh, park where you're transported to this technological wonderland with lights, with sounds, with digital tech, right? So it's a place that's filled with rooms. They give you direct access to the mystery of the universe. It's kind of like an escape from gravity-bound thinking. Now, for those for those of us who cannot afford to maybe go on Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic... I, I wouldn't want to. It just all sounds so claustrophobic to me. <laughs> it is, absolutely. But imagine just being able to see and feel what it looks like to go to space right there at Wafi Mall. So the minute you enter, you get a passport by the ticket counter, which makes you a citizen of Aya. You have 12 experiences where you wander into different rooms that have these gardens that are blooming light... Or they've got these observatories, um, which are also full of stars. Uh, they also have waterfalls where you get splashed. And those waterfalls oh, wow. actually run upside down, I defying love, laws of gravity. I love water parks. So that sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, no, wonderful. And then uh, my favorite was one particular room, which was called Luna, which means moon in Latin. Yes. Now you walk inside and there are these giant moons and fluorescent beams of light everywhere. That's the photo that I showed you. So when you went there, did you feel like it was just felt magical? Because the pictures look incredible. Yes. So very magical. And it's not your typical um, kind of art gallery, right? So it's not like the one in Dubai Mall, the one that was um, Infinity de Lumière. Yeah. It's, a, it's a different kind of exhibition. Uh, it's also kind of a reminder that there shouldn't be a separation between art and science, right? Once upon a time, an artist wasn't really confined or limited to a paintbrush. Uh, Michelangelo was an architect. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci designed flying machines so it's very kind of similar in that sense Uh, the people behind this are a company called Hyperspace and they're working to create these physical attractions that are built for a metaverse generation and this is going to be here permanently right now it looks like it they're planning also to open another attraction in Dubai Mall but this one is currently open at Wafi Mall and tickets start at 99 dirhams online and 125 at the door and when you go in the room do you also have um, sounds or noise Everywhere. Absolutely. Everywhere. I mean, all of your senses are lit. Uh, You're just walking around just (laughs) so captivated. And of course, with your phone out, taking as many photos as you can capture. I've I've already texted my friend just before because we were talking about it off air and I said, we need to take the kids here. I've already told her, so we're going to go there for sure. See, this is why I love having you here. (laughs) Okay. So um, you're telling me that there's a lot of people in town. It's very busy. You think people have come here for Christmas and New Year's a lot more than last year. And trying to get tickets to the Museum of Future is causing an issue for many. Now, Really? 
Yes. And I tell you this because I keep receiving requests from guests, from tourists who are visiting the UAE and who are keen to go and visit the, the newest attraction. Now, this place has actually been open since February this year. Tickets have been hard to find, especially during peak season, which are the cooler months. Um, so for people who are booking last minute, it is going to be very hard to find them. That is just the plain truth. Uh, there are many people on several Dubai travel forums and Reddit chats who are asking for tips on how to get in. Well, I have an answer. Now, the, the answer that I have is actually one uh, that I got from a guest. They actually told me how they managed to get in. So wow. they were visiting and uh, they couldn't find tickets online, but they discovered a pop-up cafe that just recently opened at the venue, which is called Parker's. Mm. Do you remember Parker's? Uh, so, you, no, it's at the Museum of the Future. Yes, it so is. it's in the reception as you walk in. It's uh, at the terrace. It's not at the reception when you walk in. So yes. there's an outside I, terrace. I, I've eaten there. Oh, okay. So you have been. Yes. Oh, there we go. So this Parker's uh, is a restaurant that actually is um, pretty already like well established here in the UAE. Uh, the way they did it is that they'd post clues on Instagram or ch- uh, Snapchat, and you had to find the keys to enter. Right. That that was the only way that you could get in. Wow. Oh, were you not doing that? No, I got invited because we did the show there. <laughs> oh, well, no, no, this was before. That's how you were able to get into their restaurant before. Oh. But yes, for the Museum of the Future, you do not need to find the keys. It, okay. It's not as, as difficult as it used to be previously. Uh, but by visiting them and by spending a minimum, I think 100 dirhams, he was able to get a fast pass to the museum, complimentary, that, is that had to be redeemed within about 48 hours um, of him visiting the restaurant. So I haven't tried this myself, but I did search online to see if this was advertised anywhere, I was only able to verify the um, socials that they had said that you could come and they would give you the opportunity to purchase tickets, uh, which you otherwise wouldn't get online. So the keyword here being purchase. So they may have, of course, changed their rules, but I still think it's worth trying. How, mu- how much are the tickets to get into the museum? I believe 145 for okay. adults. And, and the restaurant, actually, I have to say the food is very good. I have, e- have eaten there. So. And um, it, it's great for just, you know, either a quick bite or a full on meal. They serve breakfast as well. And even if you actually don't get to go into the Museum of the Future, you will enjoy spectacular views of the building from its terrace, yeah. which is worth the trip alone. And it's where they also serve the Matilda cake. Do you know the one from the movie? No. From the movie Matilda? I know the film Matilda, but I don't remember the cake. All right. So one of the students, Bruce, was forced to devour this massive chocolate cake in front of the entire school as a form of punishment. And I would not mind that punishment myself. (laughs) But um, that is it. So Parker's is the way, apparently, to to get into the Museum of the Future. If you are not able to get tickets online, I would still suggest, if you are planning a visit, to book ahead. Two weeks in advance, minimum. Uh, And Parker's actually does not take reservations only walk-ins i actually know another trick um i have a friend who works there and he got my mom in you're listening to the uae's number one talk radio station this is afternoons on dubai i 103.8 so me and nada who is in the studio with me wonder with nada uh, we're calling this limbo week but uh, there's a new term called twixmas so if you're in that in-between mood uh, still on holiday maybe doing a little bit of work the kids are around not sure what to do with them nada is here with plenty of ideas So um, I want to know what anything which has the word retreat in it. I am looking for a retreat to go to, but I don't know if it's the same retreat I'm thinking. Uh, You have one on your list in Abu Dhabi. What is this? Yes. So a friend actually recently messaged me asking for a suggestion where she could go for a night on her own. So ideally a resort in the desert that was far from the city's energies, just a recharge, right? Mm -hmm. And it got me thinking, where could she do that, right? I thought of the usual desert suspects, uh, including some really good five-star hotels. Uh, where I know they'd have a super relaxing experience, but her exact words were nothing fancy, right? Oh, okay. So after some Googling, I came across uh, Pura Eco Retreat in Abu Dhabi, uh, which I was pretty impressed with. At least what I saw online, um, their escapes are actually two kinds. So they either have the minimalist, chic, luxurious uh, domes to these very simple teepee tents. I'm looking Uh, at it right now online as you're talking ah. because I'm looking to go somewhere. Okay. Yep. And so these tents are kind of uh, very raw and authentic. Now, in both cases, they actually have a certain charm and this unsurpassed 
connection to nature so that you can actually slow down and connect. Um, it's for adults, so only 18 years plus. You are surrounded by desert and bush with plenty of experiences such as yoga, kayaking, bird watching, and biking. Um, Is I, this new place? It's actually not new. I think it's been open since 2021. Uh, and it really is food for the soul, kind of close to the city if you want to be close, but also far enough away to really be away. Uh, it's and location, just for adults. Just for adults. Right. Yep. 18 years plus. Uh, its location is between Yaz Island and Saadiyat Island and just about a 20 minute drive from the Abu Dhabi Corniche. Did your friend uh, go? Yes, I did see them go. Uh, I have yet to get a full report. I am just looking at the photos and they look stunning. Okay. Uh, Prices, I did check immediately because I wanted to also book something. Uh, They're about 920 dirhams a night with breakfast for the tents and about 1,300 for the chic domes. And all these other experiences are to be booked separately. Oh, so they're not included. Yep. But for the actual just accommodation itself, uh, prices are pretty good for, again, something that looks really five star and just beautiful, very minimalist, Mm. which I think, you know, is a a nice sort of uh, setting. Yeah. Yep. Okay, and, I, and if I do go and I get bored, I'll just call you. Okay, we can just like. <laughs> How about you take me with you? How that, about we do that? Oh my god, that would be so good because <laughs> she's so good at taking pictures. <laughs> we make her take great pictures. So yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yep. Okay, so um, let's head over to Expo City. I know they had a great Winter City going on over Christmas. Uh, you went there. What's going on there now? Yeah, so I did go to Expo City over Christmas, which reopened on October first of this year. It was such a different experience, Punam. I mean, you and I have been there together when well, you, the expo You was. were there more than me. I was there every week. She was there probably every day. <laughs> probably every day. Well, I mean, many of the country's pavilions were still there, not necessarily open, mm. right? But there were several like Elif, the Mobility Pavilion, Terra, the Sustainability uh, Women Pavilion uh, that were open for entry for ticket holders. So it costs actually 50 dirhams per pavilion and they're open every day, apparently from 10 a.m. to 6. But if you just want to go there and just use the park facilities, uh, the waterfall attraction, you want to see the al Dome, those are open, free entry, and now you can also bring your furry friends. Oh, yep, that's good. So, that I thought was a nice little change. Uh, for Christmas and up until January 8th, they have a number of fun activities, especially for the young ones, including Santa's Grotto, uh, where you get to meet Santa and Mrs. Claus. But hang on a minute, shouldn't Santa have gone home by now? It's over. I thought so. <laughs> But apparently he's also He's working enjoying. overtime for <laughs> yes, the money, I is. think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he is still working. So is Mrs. Claus. Uh, they've got a mini carnival with games, workshops for kids. And they even had this short zip line uh, where you I could saw that. fly through as well. Yeah, I saw that. I was tempted to try that. I love zip liners. Okay, let's do the last one. We've got a few minutes left. Nomad and Kachina del Sol. And I know both of these. Well, have you been to their events? No, Kachina were in actually, I think, a few days ago, and Nomad were in, but I've never been to their events. Ah, so this is a collaboration between some of Dubai's most passionate chefs and eateries. So they actually have the star studded uh, food station lineup at Camp Kachina, which is out in the desert. I have to say, from photos alone, the setup looks stunning. Mm. Uh, they have these long, chic wooden tables with these inviting benches, or even these medjlis style cushions where yeah. you could sit on the sand uh they've also got a bonfire going on and there was music playing so you can get the luxuries that you're used to when dining in a restaurant paired with the beauty of an outdoor space um their last event and this is what i saw again on social media took place at the al-faqa desert and people could actually get there by around 3 p.m food was served at around sunset which these days is about 5 30 um and the bonfire stayed on until late and according to the hosts you do need a four by four to access the venue but if you don't have one they have cars that can actually take you in mm-hmm. and drop you back to your car where you had parked so what's your what's your next visit where are you going next on your list so I'm going to find out when this next event is happening, for, at least for them, for the for the desert. I'm going to sign up to their community where they're going to share the upcoming dates and on their Instagram socials. So you, maybe you'll find me And then you're going to take out. me. Yes, I am. Well, they were here a few <laughs> days ago, so I'll text them as well and say, when can you invite <laughs> us both? Exactly. <laughs> I'll so, get us in for free. <laughs> yes. And then uh, for the rest of uh, the year, I mean, we're talking, what, New Year's? Yeah, 2023. Oh, my goodness, we're oh, getting old. So okay. soon. Yeah. <laughs> so I still have not 100% Firm, but I'm likely to go to a friend's place and just enjoy watching uh, the fireworks, probably from TV, because they usually do live stream it. Well, we're doing the New Year's show from here. And if you can see, we have the Burj Al Arab right there and Burj Khalifa 
we'll be seeing everything from here. So if you do want to join me, uh-huh. I'll charge you 100 dirhams to get in because it's a really great <laughs> to view. To get in the studio and here. And you can celebrate with us. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, who are you doing it with? I think. Mark and Is Andrew. It Mark? Yeah. Oh, that's great. It's just going to be a party in the studio and we're going to pretend to be working, but that's all it is. Really. <laughs> is so I'm serious. If you're passing by, just come up. <laughs> I absolutely will. Thank you. All right, you. Nada, thank you so much. Thanks. So on the show, we love meeting people who thrive in their careers and are willing to help other people thrive in theirs. And today, I'm joined by one who helps budding entrepreneurs set up and build their own businesses. Her name is Mariben, Mariben Eustachio. She's the founder and managing director of Ezone, which is a business setup consultancy firm based here in Dubai. Welcome to the show, Mariben. How are Hi. you? I'm good. We were just talking off air and I said, how, how many children do you have? And she says three and the oldest is 17. And I looked at her and I went, did you get married at 12? Because she looks so young. <laughs> anyway, listen, let's talk about you. Now, you hold many different um, degrees from psychology, legal management, and you're a registered nurse as well. First of all, how did you do all that and have three children? <laughs> just happened (laughs) I like that you seem very relaxed and calm so were you doing all three roles as a full-time job were you a nurse for a few years a psychologist a few years or what no I took a double degree when I was in university so I took psychology and legal management together Mm -hmm. and then after that shortly after then um, I decided to do nursing I come from a family of nurses so it was a little bit of pressure from the family yeah (laughs) and did you want to do it did you want to do it um, well, I always thought it was a good uh, backup plan, yes. just in case. I wanted to move to the U.S. and be with family. Yeah. And but so how come you came to Dubai? I ended up in Dubai because my husband was based here. Okay. He was here for a year and then we followed. So I never really worked as a nurse. I just got, I just uh, took the board exam, Yeah. passed the board exam, and then that's it. So what was this moment or this shift, this eureka moment when you decided, I want to pursue and on, become an entrepreneur and start my own business? Well, um, even when I was younger, I would do a lot of entrepreneurial stuff, like buy stuff from stores and then sell them in school. <gasps> do you know, do you, and, have you heard of the entrepreneur Gary V? I've heard of him, yeah. yes. So he's like, he's done extremely well for himself. And I said to him once, I said, you know, when did you first realize you were an entrepreneur? He said, when I was little, I would steal flowers from my next door neighbor's garden and then go to my neighbor and sell it to them. <laughs> See, it starts early. And I was like, did you not have a conscience? He went, no. (laughs) So what kind of things? You used to buy stuff and then what, sell it for double? Yeah, like candies and then sell them in school when I was younger. And then when I was in university, um, so I had an allowance. I I went to university um, in a city away from like an hour away by plane from our province. So um, to be able to buy the stuff that I wanted. So I just did business on the side. So I'd buy, for example, clothes from... It's hard to describe because it's in the Philippines. But I'd buy clothes wholesale and then I'd sell them um, in school. Like basic clothes, round neck, um, shirts, racer backs and all so of that. So how much kind of profit percentage-wise were you making? Like, uh, let's, let's say yeah. if you had a, a pair of jeans wholesale for, let's say... 50 dirhams. What were you selling it for? Okay, I'd sound really bad, but you could buy them for like, uh, depends on the volume, yeah. but you could buy them between 30 to 50 pesos yeah. and then you could sell them for like 200. Oh, God, you are clever. <laughs> so clever. So. Okay, so as a dodgy entrepreneur, <laughs> no, no, you're not dodgy. You just, that's, that's how, that's business at the end of the day. You were bringing the, there was obviously a demand and you knew where mm-hmm. to get the supplies. <laughs> okay, so um, why did you want to focus on setting up your own business? Is it just because it's always been in you, as I can see? Well, when I first came to Dubai, I was a housewife. Um, so I was a full-time housewife with the three kids. I did that for about a year, um, a little over a year. I didn't have a nanny, so three kids, uh, a, um, an infant, a toddler, and a preschooler. Yeah. So those were their ages then. And my husband used to travel out um, like sometimes three months because he was in defense contracting. Oh. So he was out like three months at the time. That's and hard. So I was hands-on um, and it kept me busy. It was nice. It was fulfilling. But I knew that, you know, I couldn't, 
I couldn't be sane. You uh, had a lion inside yeah. of you, ready to come out. Yeah. Yeah. So after that, I decided I wanted to go back to work. So the first job I got, well, I wanted to work. So the first job I got here in the UAE was in incorporations and business setup. Mm. So we started as a small team, uh, less than 20 people at that time. And the same company is now one of the biggest business setup companies in the UAE. Mm. I think they have like over 180 employees by now. Yeah. So since um, that was the that was my first career, and I've seen I was exposed to a lot of entrepreneurs um, that started their business and did well. I was exposed to a lot of entrepreneurs with like crazy ideas. They come they come to to the office and you'd ask them, "What do you do?" And then they'd tell you about their idea, and you're like, "Hmm." And then, and then, but they believe in it. And then you'd see later on that, well, they're doing well. I've seen entrepreneurs start their company and then not do so well. Mm. Like they, they didn't agree with their partners or they had to close the company. And then they have another idea. Then they start again. And then that next idea, they, they get funded like millions of dollars. You see them on, the, on, on, on TV. Yeah. You see them, you know. Like Dragon's Den, so, yeah. So it's, it's, it's very inspiring. Uh, I've become inspired in the many years that I've worked in business setup. So eventually, when I had left corporate in 2017, I, I decided to start my own business. And I've, I've, I've tried to do businesses outside of business setup. So I was thinking, no, I'd, I'd want to do something else. But of course, you know, not everything is, it's like trial and error. And then I still ended up going back into business setup because I've been called by like old clients and then they needed consultancy. So I, I consulted with different clients. They need like... Uh, interim GM, interim MD. Yeah. And then, so I did that for a while. And then it was just um, last year, 2021, um, around March, Feb, March, that I decided to start start my own brand. And then, which is E-Zone. Which is E-Zone. So what were some of the major challenges, did you, if you found any? Because you've got all this ex- experience, expertise, watching other people fail and succeed. Was it smooth sailing for you to set up as an entrepreneur yourself? Or did you come across challenges yourself? Um, it, it was okay. It was funny um, when uh, I was setting up because we've been doing business setup. I've been doing business setup for many years now. So by last year, it was over 10 years already. So I was, uh, it was about 10 years. So when we were starting the company, we had a lot of hiccups. Like the activity I wanted was frozen in DED. So actually, I decided I wanted to set up by January and then they stopped that activity. So I said, okay, I'll try again. I traveled and then I came back and then I tried again. And then there were just little things like... Minor things like um, that we as a PRO company or a business setup company encounter from clients. Yeah. Like regular roadblocks. You know, when you work with a government, like it can be approved now, it can not be approved tomorrow, Mm. something changes. So we encountered that when we were were establishing E-Zone, which was funny. Because when I was talking to the team back then when I started, I started with uh, two people. Um, so it was just us. And I, I was telling them, these are the sort of things that people come to us for and will come to us for. And we're just experiencing it. I know um, entrepreneurship right now is being sold as really like glossy and you have independence. And But I mean, my father's an entrepreneur. And I can tell you one thing, when you are, it's a 24-hour job. You never just shut off and sleep. You know, if somebody needs you, you're the boss, you have to take care of it. So what would you say are the initial basic questions any budding entrepreneur should ask themselves before starting their own business? Because not everyone is cut out for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not everyone is cut out to be an entrepreneur. So you have to have, I think, the, the heart. You have to be uh, prepared mentally um, for it as well. Um, I guess you have to know if you're, you have the stomach for risks. Yeah. That's one. And you're willing to lose a lot in it, case it does go wrong. Yes. Yeah. You're willing because it's not going to be an easy journey for, for anyone. No, it's not. Yeah. So you, when you get into it, you should already have, well, you, at, of course, you should start believing in what you're, you're doing. Yeah. But of course, you should also be, you should also know that it can go either way. Yeah. It can go well or yeah. it cannot go well. Yeah, I know. So you, you have al- to have the stomach for it. You also have an initiative called Plant It Forward. What is that about? So um, for every company that's set up with us, we plant a tree in their name. Oh, wow. And yeah. where's this tree planted? So we have, in, uh, we have the mangrove trees in Abu Dhabi oh. and then we have in the Philippines. That's so in nice. In Quezon, Quezon province. Oh, my goodness. That's so nice. That's so nice. So what would be your final question? Let's see. Top three best, advices, best advice to or top tips to any entrepreneur out there? 
that you've learned yourself? Top three. It's so difficult. There's a lot of things. Okay, but the, yes. the, the main yes. important ones that you think, it doesn't have to be three. Yeah, I think one is, for me, I learned like this year uh, to always show up. That's one. Um, so I joined a lot of this year for 20 because I, I, I used to not want to go out. I was shy. I was, it's not obvious, but I'm an introvert. <laughs> It, uh, depending I, I on the day, a, I th- I, yeah. Depending on the day, <laughs> that's depending on about, the day. I was about to say depending yeah. on the day. So I don't think you are. <laughs> so this year, I decided I wanted to join like all the groups that I could join and so, network. And it worked, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so I networked, and then it worked. So, so that's one of the things. It's just always show up. So there are times when you wake up and you don't feel like going or attending something or totally. going somewhere or going to the office, but you just show up. Yeah, and it makes. A lot of difference. Yeah. That's one. Two is to be your own worst critic. I think you should be able to know uh, what your flaws are yourself and your business. Yeah. So you can you can always be better. Yeah. So that's the second one. And third is just to it's very cliche, but just 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 believe in what you're what you're selling. Believe in the service that you're providing. And then everything will follow. I could be wrong, but you come across as a very relaxed entrepreneur. Are you? Do you get stressed easily? I get stressed like a normal person, but... You always have a smile on your face. That's why you're misleading me here. I feel (laughs) like you're relaxed, but you're not. So where can people find you online if they need some help as entrepreneurs? So our website is e.zone. And... um, they can just message us on Facebook or on Instagram or on an, our email. Okay. So if I want to start a business, I can call you. Yes, of course. I'm always available. You can come. We can have coffee. We can just chat about okay. your plans. Okay. Like I want to, I always want to understand what the clients want to do. Not yeah. just, not just like what they want. Because c- people come and say, I want to set up a business. Okay. What do you want to do? Or I want to sell something. And then that's the end of the conversation. I will give you the, <laughs> we'll give you your option and that's it. But I want to understand your vision, what your plans are. That's good. Like what, what, what do you want to do now? But what yeah. do you want to do in six months yeah. or in one year? Or yeah. how and do you see yourself? And also, if you're starting this business 10 years down the road, is it something you're still going to be passionate about? We don't even know that. So you've got to really, really want it because you can't just have a business for a year or two and think, okay, I'm done. I'm bored. Let's go to the next yeah. one. Can you? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Maribin. Uh, that's Maribin from eZone. If you're a budding entrepreneur, you can contact her and she'll help you set up your business. Tune in every weekday to Afternoons with Helen Farmer from 2 to 5. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.